You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 7, episode 40. I'm John, I'm your host of Flight, and I'm joined by John. How you doing? I'm dandy again, John. Take it, you're the same. Hi, yeah, bye. Slurry uh, on, see you back there. I was just at the football Talbot game, so I'm just in. So, hi. How'd they get on? Uh, Talbot won 2 1 against Glen Afton, so they're back in the hunt for the league and it's in their own hands. So, two more wins should seal it. Well, and then we've got the top five to look forward to as well. So, hi, could be a good season. Yeah, fingers crossed it comes out for, on top for them. Hi, definitely. Um, so, Charity Bet, there was no doubt we were right about the both teams to score with Hibs and Rangers. Um, that's maybe the surest, surest win ever there mm-hmm. after that game. But the other bet, well, I was going to say we went for Dundee, but we couldn't decide much last week, so we ended up picking Dundee, but I didn't come in. Yeah, there's a lesson learned for that because um, I remember that last season we went for Dundee and uh, Motherwell against teams who were fighting out for relegation. They both lost, and it's also happened again. So this time next year, we'll no good in that route. Aye. Um, I wasn't too sure in terms of charity about what the situation would be for this week because obviously the league's all over in that, apart from the Premiership playoff final. But I've tweeted about Bookie, so they have said we could have one last one. Um, either on the playoff final or Scottish final. So they have think what we fancy more. Yeah, I'm sure it'll fall into place once we have the chat later on, but um, it's going to be difficult um, either way. Definitely. Um, so, I most of the playoffs have been concluded now. Um, unfortunately for Cove, they, they didn't quite do it. Killian Beef, because they have their status. Yeah, a bit of controversy I've heard. I've not um, managed to find any of the highlights, but um, the Cove Rangers manager, Sheeran, um, was pretty subtle in his post-match interview, shall we say, Um, or not so subtle, should I say. Um, Pretty much calling it a conspiracy um, against Highland League teams and and things like that, and it said it was ridiculous that two men sent off after um, the, the winning goal, which... Apparently it was never a free kick too, but um, yeah, gutty for Cove because they had the game in their own hands, 2-1 up, Mitch Megason scoring twice, goals 51 and 52 of the season, but um, the cow base experience of playing league, foot, league football pro preserved them in the end and they got a, they got the victory and stay up again. Yeah, <coughs> aye, it's a shame because obviously we want to see teams progress, Um and all working I see them linked to is going to be remaining. So you never know. Maybe maybe next year. Yeah. Um, see what happens. Um, in terms of the actual playoff final though, for going up to League One, uh, we had the final Peterhead against Stenhouse Muir. Obviously Stenhouse Muir went up from the first leg. We ended up picking first goal score on McAllister. Did it happen? Peterhead did win the game, but Stenhouse Muir got up. Yeah, to be fair, as McAllister was injured, um, we failed a late fitness test, and that probably didn't help Peterhead, who needed two goals, but well done to Stenhouse Muir, um, great achievement for them, come back at the first attempt, um, 
and Peterhead have to try again. Aye, definitely. Um, in terms of League One, that was maybe a wee bit more slight surprise, maybe not a massive surprise. Um, the Barton obviously went ahead in the first leg um, against Arlo, looked like they were favourites, obviously being at home. But fair play to Arlo, got the job done, and they go up. Yeah, they certainly showed fighting spirit. I mean, because it, it wasn't looking good, and then they got a goal in the 93rd minute. Just shows the importance of keeping going right to the end, and uh, and then they took advantage in extra time because them would have been deflated, and Allah went straight up and won the game. It was a good strike um, to win it. I managed to catch a couple of minutes before he came on in the highlights, and uh, it was some strike. And it's good that those two particular players have seen. It's obviously not good for. Dumbarton fans, um, but it's good that we've seen someone come up and it makes the player system work a wee bit, but interestingly enough, it's not been the team's finished second that's come up, it's the team's finished third in both divisions. Aye, definitely. I think the thing that probably helped Aloe as well was they had a <coughs> games in the league season. Obviously, they played a big part in the title race, playing Air and Wraith in the last two games of the season. I think that's probably helped them yeah. going into the playoffs because they've had those big games. Aye, they they grabbed momentum at the, the right time, obviously beating the air, and then they drew with Wraith Rovers, which stopped Wraith winning the league in that deflated Wraith ahead of the playoff against Alwa, and Alwa took advantage of that over the two legs. So, um, now well done to Jim Goodwin because um, he's obviously taken over for Jack Ross. Unlucky not to got last season, beating in a penalty shout, um, and they'll be hoping to win more games than, than Breakin did, which well, I don't I, think will be yeah. hard. <laughs> I, wasn't, I mean, it wasn't that long ago I looked over in the Championship under Paul Hartley. Yeah. Two seasons back. Um, Hartley obviously did a good job there, so aye. Good ones doing well there. Good to see Kerry and managers doing well. Yeah. Um, talking about that, Hopkin at Livingston. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did well to see the job through. Um, first half looked pretty. Um, even um, for what I've seen in the highlights uh, Livingston also got the crucial first goal early on um, didn't do anything to come back in it I thought second half Livingston were by far the better team, they had more control had hit the post and bar keepers made a good save and I think um, they should have the penalty as well I think Dunham with a handball the only chance for recall United creating was one for Scott McDonald near the end but he scuffed it um, I think Livingston were Easily the better team over the two legs um, and thoroughly deserves to be in the playoff and well done to David Hopkins. I mean, they would have been one of the tips for relegation last season and here they are now within 180 minutes or more of um, get promoted. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are... I've, I've not seen much of Livingston, to be fair, but I've heard a lot of people say it's maybe not the greatest style of football to play, but it's effective. I mean, they've, they've come up, they've been in the playoffs... Only, only two games away, so can they get the job done, completed? Yeah, um, and they're obviously the subject of um, this week's, the, probably the first of a couple this week I would imagine, um, of my blogs, um, a preview of Livingston's playoff match, um, so if we want to lead into who they're going to be facing. Yes, um, so we may as well move on to the, the lower half of the Premiership. Because it was all to play for the last day of the season, obviously. Ross County, Bucket Thistle. Now, to begin with, Ross County got that flyer. Three minutes in, current scores. And it looks like the, the, well, uh, the escape from any automatic relegation was, was going well. However, that man, Chris Dillon, 
Perfect Thistle. A hero, once yeah. again. Exactly. I mean, Archibald would have got a lot of stick for not starting him in such a big game. Um, but apparently, Dylan's been carrying a lot of um, has been carrying injuries in oper- operation. So he thought, I'll bring on Dylan later. Um, that where if I need him, it'd be a match when he can do that, and that's it. So um, it proved to be the case, and Archibald was vindicated. Um, poor defender by Dundee, um, but a nice, neat little finish into the corner. Um, you know, people people can say that Dundee played one or two weekend players, etc., to um, wrestle and wrestle the likes of Colker, for example. But the end of the day, Parsley had to go out and beat them, and Dundee still tried to win the game. Um, Neil McCann wasn't happy again, um, slaughtering his players in public again at the end of the match. Um, but Thistle deserved great credit because, you know, the longer the game was going on, it looked as though it wasn't going to happen for them, and then Dylan pops up when it mattered and. They did enough to see the game out. Yeah, I think when you mentioned about people said about didn't you maybe leave it out players, they they under like to do that. Yeah, of course. Um, but then the players that are coming in, I've got something to prove. You know, some are maybe playing for a new contract. Um, a couple of youngsters are coming in with no fear, nothing, um, no pressure on them. Um, chance to go out and express themselves. So it can always be. It can sometimes be a hindrance playing a team with nothing to play for. Um, but Thistle had that little bit more hunger, um, and they've done enough over the split, you know. And the, they've all lost one of the post-split matches, one two drawn two, so they've done enough um, to obviously stave off relegation. Um, whereas Ross County um, it ended up they drew the game, and they've only picked up uh, three points and and no wins in the post-split um, fixture. So, yeah. No question that um, the table doesn't lie and they deserve to go down. Thistle deserved the chance at the playoff. Aye, definitely. Yeah. In terms of Dylan as well, that's double figures for eight consecutive seasons. Yeah. Which is a great record. Player that started off in the juniors as well. He was at Oakland Thalbert. So, mm-hmm. just shows you players can be picked up from there. They can do well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we spoke about the example of Andy Robertson last week. who was really specific. It went to Queen's Partners now. Play, um, ready to play a Champions League final. I know Dylan's not hit those heights, but it's still great to see someone good at the juniors work his way back up to top and prove himself in the top flight. I mean, as you say, that's eight, was it eight years you said in a row that he scored ten, um, ten goals or more, and five of them have been in the top flight. So, and given the fact he's not started as many games this season, it's a terrific record and 114 goals in his career. Um, and so far, none more important than the one at the weekend. I definitely, yeah. Um, I think they'll be favourites for that game. For the playoff final, two legs, obviously. Yeah, they're obviously going to be favourites being the, the Premier League team. Um, now, it's often been said about the playoffs um, favouring the Premier League team, or the Premiership team, but math- um, theoretically, Livingston and Partick have played the same number of league games when you consider Livingston play 36 championship and then two playoff matches and Thistle play 38 league matches. So uh, both both teams played the midweek fixture last week. Livingston have 24 hours extra rest from playing on Friday. Um, so it does kind of even itself out a little bit. Um, I would say Partick are favourites because they've obviously got the Premier League experience. Um, they've got players who when they turn up, know how to um, win games of football at um, a tougher level. But 
you can't write off Livingston the way they've been performing. You know, this is said it's come up from League One, surprise everybody, finished a comfortable second, um, and came through playoffs when a lot of people thought United might do enough. So it's going to be two very tight games, I think, but two good ones to look forward to. Uh, yeah, I mean, you favour the experience of Partick Thistle, um, but I love it to have probably defied the expectations already this season, so who knows, see what happens. Uh, the top part, or well, the other game, all the way against Hamilton, not quite a, a dead rubber, but because it's never going to be that between those two teams. And Muddle obviously rested players in, fav- in mind of the, the cup final that Saturday. Yeah. But, yeah. what do I want? Eight changes have worked out. Um, comfortable win 3-0 could have been a lot more. Um, for Hamilton, it's a terrible end of the season because they've lost 11 of the last 12. It's just that one victory over Ross County that they got. It was enough to just keep them up in the end because um, they finished above this on goal difference. So, um, as far as they're concerned, that's all that matters. But it's quite worrying for them getting into the next season because they're losing a lot of players, obviously. Um, Lewis Ferguson's going and uh, Ali Crawford's just left, uh, although he's not featured as much. Templeton's not sending new contracts um, so far. Um, so it's it's going to be an interesting summer for Mark Gannon to see if he can build a squad capable of staying up again. Um, and as for Motherwell... Um, well, two goals from Nadia Chifty, good way to sign off because he's been quite disappointed, struggling for fitness and, and form, but he managed to treble his goal tally in that one game from one goal to three, so yeah, a good end of the season, a good confidence boost ahead of the cup final. I definitely, because obviously he can't play because it's against his parent club, otherwise um, Robinson would have maybe have something to think about, but I'm pretty sure Robinson knows, even no quite new even before Saturday's game, what his starting lineup is for that Saturday. Yeah, I think the only ones that have um, that starting lineup that will definitely play are Tate and uh, Aldred. Aldred also scored in the third. Um, maybe Grimshaw might play, we don't know, but. Um, you know, I think he might play. Possibly. Uh, as well. Yeah. Just going back to Ross County, they're obviously um, paying the price for. Um, Sacking Jim McIntyre early in the season. I noticed Michael Gardine had a, a right dig at Owen Coyle, um, having a go at his training regime, and it was all about um, iron brewing something else. Um, oh, I see that. Um, I was quite surprised at that. Yeah, and he was saying that, um, you know, apparently when Burnley get promoted, it was down to the fact they had nine captains in the team rather than Coyle's management regime, which makes a wee bit harsh, but. Um, but certainly, bringing in Coyle, a manager who's been declined for a while, um, it was seen at the time as a, a possible coup, but it turned out to be an absolute disaster. And um, But to be honest, I've got no sympathy for Ross Kenny or a lot of the fans who wanted McIntyre out because they, they only finished 7th last season. Well, Ross Kenny should be happy if they finished 10th or above. Um, they just get ahead of their station and... Uh, you know, Poor decisions, um, not been good enough all season, and yeah, commiserations to them, but they deserve to get in, unfortunately. Aye, it'll be interesting to see how many players stay there and how many move on. I think there'll be a few that will kind of maybe um, attract interest. I think Naismith will be one. Yeah. People will look at Sharp as well. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Naismith at um, Aberdeen as 
competition and cover for for Shea Logan because obviously um, we need fullback cover for next season. Naismith could be a potential there. Um, I wouldn't imagine there's going to be a lot of interest in our two goalkeepers because Fox, who was good for a while, he's had a terrible season and he's back up McCary. Um, he's been even worse and that's one of the reasons why they're, they're relegated. Yeah, oh, the other one that might attract maybe interest is Kayla Dunn. Mm-hmm. He, he looks a kind of promising prospect. Naismith was on I thought maybe Aberdeen could maybe be interested in, but it depends whether he'd be happy enough going knowing that he's going to probably just cover for Logan. Um, You've got to remember Shea Logan's in his 30s, um, and Naismith's still in his early 20s, so... Um, Wait and see. It's whether we're interested that's the, the main thing. Um, otherwise, he'll probably be picked up by a team in the Premier League. There's, I don't see him playing in the Championship, that's for sure. Oh, no, no I think he'll be in the, the Premiership. So I think there'll be a few clubs probably interested in him. Yeah. Um, may as well talk about the, the dead drop out of the top six. Hearts and Kowarik. Hearts, who. Issues with our squad anyway. No many first team players available, so. Even more youngsters getting their chance didn't do too badly. Yeah. Like the season yeah, from what I saw in sports scene, it was all come on, apart from one chance for Lafferty. Um, but Hearts did well to keep the score down those things. I think they had two 16 year olds in their defence um, and a 19 year old, which sums it all up. Um, but they've had. Apparently, they've played 12 teenagers all season, Hearts, for what I was reading in some of the stats, and seven of those were 16. So that shows where they're at in terms of bringing through youth players. They're giving them the opportunity when need be. Obviously, they had no choice at the weekend. Um, I think it just summed up the season for both sides. Come on up being stronger at home. Hearts not being so good away. Um, and deserve three points for Come on up. And our football writers manager here, Steve Clark. Yes. Uh, I mean, in terms of Kamarik, obviously, a great job that he's done. Signed up a lot of players in long-term contracts, and they may be out the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Findlay is out of contract with Newcastle, and I think keeping his options open. I, think, I don't know about Tispola, whether he'll go Villa, I think he's, he's on board that from. Yeah. Um, maybe probably go down, back down there. And then there's the Mullumbu, whether he'll stay or whether Steve Clark seems to suggest that he's maybe on the last baby. So, but they've done all right without Mullumbu. They've actually, the midfield. It's quite well, quite well with Dickon and Power, so yeah, it's fair to say they've had a good season. Maybe when Clark took over, they were uh, joint bottom of the league with part of the Thistle with three points, um, and they've now set set in fifth place. And since the turn of the year, I think only Hibs accumulated more points than them. So um, yeah, it's fair to say they've had a very good season, and uh, with Clark at the helm, they'll certainly be pushing for European football next season, I'd imagine. Yeah, top goal scorer in the league as well, Chris Boyd, finished with 18 goals, so... Yeah. Aye. Aye, we've spoken about him all season, how he's turned things around from and um, given up some of his media work to focus his football again and how it's paid dividends for both Chris Boyd and, and Kilmarnock. Definitely. Um, start with... Start with Angels and Hibs. Should we start with that? Yeah, and would you start with this game? <laughs> well... Hibs go 3-0 up. From what I hear, there was a fair few Rangers fans left the ground. Uh, they were through like that one. Mm-hmm. After missing probably a game of the season. Yeah. Well, I was um, 
I'd take my boy up to the hospital. Fortunately, everything was okay. There was no fractures in his leg. Um, so we'd taken him to McDonald's, had something to eat, and I checked Twitter, so it was 3-0. Left McDonald's at that point, um, put him in the car, and by the time I turned the radio, it was 3-2. I thought, what is going on here? Um, and then Bruno Alves hits in a smasher free kick. I got to see the second half, because men um, don't have Sky. But um, um, yeah, that was an entertaining second half. He thought that Rangers were then going to um, go on and win. They went 5-3 up. Hibs were appalling at the back and then Hibs got themselves back in with McClellan getting two more to get his hat trick. It was just a Neil Lennon summed it right up. Bonkers. Oh, I absolutely. You know, my mate that's a Rangers fan, he was saying, I can't have many teams that have been 3 0 down, then buys the two goals up and not win the game. I'm on my Oh. There are many, many teams that have done that. Yeah. I think the weird thing is, I mean, um, you, can, you credit Rangers for coming back into the game, um, having been 3 down, um, and then you credit Hibs for coming back into the game, having been 5-3 down. It's it's just incredible. And then you slit the two of them for poor defending. I mean, I think what it summed it up is, Hibs score five goals at home and don't win the game. Rangers score five goals away from home and don't win the game. It's just... It was just amazing, um, amazing drama. And since the the league's merged from SPL and, S- and Scottish Football League into the SPFL, that's the technically high scoring game in the Premiership. So a new record set in the recent history, and what a game! Uh, I think I read something like there's been eleven five-all draws or higher in the the Premier, Premier League or Premiership. And obviously the last high-scoring games that we would have remembered were Mudo 5, Aberdeen 6 when Scotland Internationals Andy Gorman and Jim Layton were playing in goal that night and then Mudo 6, yeah. Hibs 6 um, 8 years ago this month so yeah I mean again people not Scottish football but um, you've, it was difficult to find anywhere more entertaining than the English Premier League I know Tottenham and Leicester ended up 5-4 but um, yeah that um, this this game was a game between two sides who still had different to play for. Have still had an outside chance of finishing third, and when they went three up, you thought they might have got it, and apparently they missed a great chance at four nil uh, to make it four nil. Sorry, um, and then Rangers obviously going for that second place, and they could have got it in another day, but um, fortunately someone else done their job, and Rangers didn't do enough in the end. Yeah. Uh, going back to the high scoring draws, Hibs was the last team to be involved in such a high scoring game, or high even. Um, Motherwell and Aberdeen they finished six all 2010. Yeah. So, Hibs, I know Lennon said that he's disappointed to not finishing high in the league, but I think they've done that. They've had a terrific season to finish fourth in their first season back, and to be only six points off finishing second. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it probably just sums. Leaning up in terms of the fact that he always wants better. Um, I thought his reaction to the Hearts game was over the top. Um, you know, the threat to quit and all the rest of it and calling these players unprofessional. He does that a lot sometimes, get a reaction from his players um, and obviously did that. But I think he went one too far by saying that he was considering his position. Um, but he obviously not that in the head before the game yesterday, saying that he was 100% committed. Um, yeah, Hibs can be very proud of the strides that they've made and you just wonder if they had Kimberry and McLaren in the first six months of the season instead of Stokes and Murray, they might well have got that second place. Um, who knows? But um, 
I think defensively they had problems. Um, Louis Stevenson last couple of games been quite poor, and it's ironic because he's now in the Scotland squad. Um, Paul Hanlon, I don't know how you got a call up earlier in the season because um, he was he was terrible. And he's always been for me an average at best defender, um, but Rangers defence wasn't any better. Um, and I mean, it's more so going forward that Hibs are, are kind of better. Yeah. Um, at the back, that's a, an area you would imagine they'll want to improve on. But in a similar position to other teams in terms of you mentioned, obviously, Camberry and McLaren, a uh, few loan players, obviously Scott Allen, uh, Brendan Barker, they had Ruedis as well, but I don't expect Ruedis would be one that would be interesting long term. I would think, though, the other four, they would be delighted to get uh, permanently that season. I know Marcus come out and said that he wants to stay. Um, Camberry, I think, is a bit up in the air. What happens there? Um, McLaren's been terrific as well. I know a lot of folk have spoken about Camberry, but McLaren's done almost just as well. So, mm-hmm. And you would imagine Scott Allen will happen. The fact that Bain um, is now signed a four-year contract with Celtic, I would think part of that... Um, Old thing that happened in January with Scott Allen going to Hibs and Bain going to Celtic. I would expect Scott Allen will be a Hibs player that season. Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, I think that's the most likely one that will happen. Um, I think Hibs' biggest concern is over McGinn and McGeoch, because it looks so McGeoch um, is going to go to Blackburn, um, who've just come up into the, the Championship, so that could be um, a good move for him. Certainly, he's going to get more money. Um, and you'd imagine he'll feature in the Blackburn team. Um, as for McGinn, it's a matter of when the bids come in and what one Hibs event, um, what Hibs managed to hold out for and get, because um, he's obviously attracted a lot of interest. He's likely to establish himself in Scotland's team over the next year or two, I would think. Um, so they're going, they're going to have their work out, making sure that. I was up to the game once. Maybe. A bit kind of tactical, trying to unsettle players. Not the first time that's happened this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rangers or Celtic have played a, a big game, so see what happens. I, 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 I think McGinn would be more likely to end up at Celtic if Celtic were interested in him. But where's he going to fit the Celtic team right now? Because um, Brown's not going anywhere anytime soon, and Cham, after a difficult start, has established his place in the Celtic team. In fact, it's so much so that we don't even know if Stuart Armstrong's going to be there next season. Um, so it's, I mean, that would be a natural progression for Celtic to make a sign John McGinn. Um, but aye, that was why I said if um, the only thing would be obviously Celtic play a lot of games, so maybe at times Scott Brown doesn't get much of a rest. McGinn could feasibly go there and still maybe play about thirty odd games. So it just depends, because yeah. obviously he's been a starter for most of his career mm-hmm. since he first came through to them. Aye, all depends on what English clubs come in from as well. Because I, I mean, one of the teams that were allegedly in from was West Ham, um, so it will likely be a few few teams at the bottom end of the English Premier League that come in from top end championship. And so McGinn's got a big decision to make. Um, he's still got another year of his contract, so Hibs will probably want to cash in this summer. Um, rather than let his contract wind down and risk losing him for nothing. And St Murn will not want that either because St Murn get a 30% selling clause. Um, so um, 
from a financial point of view for both clubs, I hope that Hibs do sell them this summer, and obviously it would weaken them um, for us to try and hold on to second next season. Oh yeah, I mean, if they're, if they're to lose McGee and McGinn uh, in their midfield, then that, that'd be a massive blow for them. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know, I've not seen much talk in terms of the possibility that McGinn would maybe sign a new contract. I don't know though. I don't know what's been happening behind the scenes or, or whether it's been a case of, right, get to, the, get to the end of the season and then maybe you're free to move on. Who knows? But yeah, it'd be a massive blow for them if it was Mickey Carnegie. Oh yeah, definitely. Because then it, it puts them in the boat that they'll be in similar players to the likes of Aberdeen, maybe to Hearts um, as well, because certainly Aberdeen midfield next year is going to be depleted. Um, Kenny McLean, the, the, the biggest one of all, it's going to be such a massive loss. Um, his form since he agreed to sign for Norwich has been tremendous. Yeah. And it just that the goal that he also um, set up for Constant just shows um, how much he's been a key player for us, um, especially in the last six months, as you mentioned. Um, great driving runner, lovely weighted pass. Um, and Constantine, um, or as BBC calls him, Colin Constantine, um, finished it off nicely. I mean, Clyde's first sign for us. I thought it was a great signing. I know he maybe took a wee bit of time to set one, but I always think he's got that bit of quality. He's got good football brain. Um, t- at times he was probably hindered by the fact that he was asked to play different positions because he's definitely best when he's playing in a more advanced role. Um, much as he does like to kind of maybe drop back at times, get the ball and spit passes, but terrific player. What to make Norwich? But there's no doubt he'll be welcome back at Aberdeen um, any time. Right. But good, good luck to all. I hope he does well at Norwich. Yes, I do. Um, I, th- I think there was always a player. I mean, the only criticism I would say of McLean is he hasn't scored enough goals. And we thought when we said he was going to be a free scoring midfielder, I think he could have added more than what he has delivered. But he's still be a terrific player over the last three and a half years after um, taking time to settle, um, getting used to playing at a higher level. Because obviously, at St. Martin, he was in a team that was fighting relegation to go into a team looking at the challenge for honours and you'd play in European football but he's adapted well um, earned his move to Norwich um, got himself in the Scotland squad and looking to keep himself in the Scotland squad and I, as you say I hope he does well at Norwich and um, he'll, he'll get opportunities there to show what he can do and show the English game that there is good talent still coming out of Scottish football and just I often might end up replacing James Madison there was a fair bit from the, the Premier League down there in Madison. Uh, the thing as well about McLean is, is he's hardly missed a game for Aberdeen since he signed. Yeah. He's been the one man that you pretty much always know over in the team sheet. Other players have been rested at times or maybe uh, dropped. Not the case with McLean. Yeah. If he's not available, he's playing. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's played kind of a withdrawn role in midfield, he's played number 10 role. At times he's asked to be played out. He's asked to be been asked to play out wide maybe at times. Um, terrific in there as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, great passing of the ball, set pieces as well. So the only two games he's missed recently was um, because of suspension. And yeah. Boys, we miss him in that semi final, and um, we missed him for large parts of that game against Hibs, but we got away with it. You know, now now draw in the end. Um, 
but yeah, he's going to be a massive um, loss, and it'll be interesting to see who we come up to replace him. I know we've signed Lewis Ferguson. I don't think it's, that's not the same kind of player. Um, we've obviously, obviously talked a lot about trying to um, get the right recruitment in because he mentioned again that the recruitment was rushed last time. We've got a wee bit more time this time because the because of the World Cup, the qualifiers for Europe don't start till mid July. Um, so whether in first round or second, it's not till mid to July that we start our season, which is good. And that gives McInnes a wee bit more time to get the players he wants in. Yeah, the, the difficulty will be as well. I was talking about this to one of my friends that's a Aberdeen fan as well. Um, we're obviously losing Christie as well. Ball's going back to Rodham. We've mentioned in the last few weeks we would probably be keen for Ball to come back because he's definitely um, given us a, a bit of protection to the defence. I mean, after the sport, we've been tremendous. Though. There was one goal. has been terrific. And I've not seen McInnes mention that the players that have returned to the Aden clubs are going to be ones that are going to maybe come back, any of them. But Ball's definitely one I think would be good to keep because we're going to lose Christie, we're going to lose McLean. Potentially we're looking at maybe a whole new midfield. Because um, there is obviously potential that Shinny could end up moving back to left-back. I would think the fact though that we're losing so many midfielders will mean that Shinny will still be a central midfielder next year. Because you don't want to start the season with a brand new midfield. Yeah, but the thoughts, I think the more likely scenario is that we'll look at another, um, potentially another left back, because Constantine's getting on a wee bit, um, and he's mainly saying a half by trade anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't even know about that. I think that probably quite happy with his options at left back, which has been maybe a highlight as well by the fact that Daniel Harvey's been allowed to go. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't look good in that Youth Cup final, must say. What's that? He didn't look good in that Youth Cup final, I must say. Um, he didn't look as though he was a player that I saw broken, break into the Aberdeen team any time soon. Yeah. A difficult one because I know he did, quite well, did pretty well at Dumbarton last season, but very big difference in terms of playing for Dumbarton, playing for Aberdeen. I would imagine he'll probably go maybe Championship League 1, maybe do all right. Um, see what happens. Yeah. I, I think more so for Aberdeen, they'll be looking to sign at least two midfielders. Um, potentially maybe cover for Logan and a wide player. Yeah, I would even maybe say three midfielders might be required. Mm-hmm. Um, respect Tansy, he's not going to come back as well. No. So maybe you look. I think we'll look at you look at six players to come in in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the likes are. I think surprisingly yesterday, Cabo coming on. Um, I, I, I mentioned after the, the Youth Cup final, I think he's one that maybe will feature in the first team squad that season. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect Scott Wright will feature more that season as well, whether it's as an alternative to McGinn and Mackay Steven off the bench or whether they can break into the first team again because it looked promising at the start of this season. Mm-hmm. So after earlier on in the season, thinking maybe, oh, I would need a massive overhaul, we might, it might not be as big as we think. Um, yeah, um I mean, go back to Dominic Ball. Um, it's amazing that after the semi-final, one of the Aberdeen fans um, that I know says he was happily driving to nearest airport saying get back to the Rose, but last five games he's been absolutely amazing. He's probably one of our best players. Um, and it just shows that if you give him a run in his right position, he can do a job. Um, and that's been that's been a large pro- part of the problem this season for us is that most of our recruitment have brought in guys who haven't had much first-team football over the last year. I mean, they've come to us, they've had to try and get up to speed, but Anytime they don't have a good game, they're out the team again. 
Um, like Mackay Stevens suffered for the lack of consistency as a result. Greg Stewart's another one. Um, Stephen May we've also talked about, although I think we've possibly overdone it with him and played him in a in a role that he's not suited to as a lone striker. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, Ball's done very well as a whole midfield the last few weeks. Gives us that protection that we missed um, by letting Ryan Jack go. Um, so, I wouldn't be adverse to keeping him. Um, maybe the fact he's played the last few games might help him. Um, might help his decision to say, well, I'll go up and play for Aberdeen rather than stick, stick it out Rotherham. We'll just need to wait and see. Um, at Campbell, I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think he'll see more opportunities next season. He'll be more um, involved in the first team. Yeah, well, I think certainly he's obviously made his debut last season, but he very much looks like a player in the similar mould to McLean, I would say. Looks very comfortable in the ball, makes space for himself, mm-hmm. um, gets stuck in another occasion as well. It was obviously very highly rated for him to be him. Under 20 captain at 17, um, probably says a, a lot about him as well. We've also, so, we've also got the boy, boy Frank Ross coming back as well um, from a yeah. spilt Morton. He was relatively successful till their season petered out, um, and we also gave him a two-year deal before sending him in loan. So um, there's time to come back. Um, interesting that Danny Rogers signed a new deal because I thought after we brought in Woodman and put him straight in the team when Joe Lewis was injured, I thought Rogers would get fed up and just want to go. But credit to him, he's determined to stick out. He also has belief that he can be a Aberdeen goalkeeper in the future, and Dent McInnes rates him highly enough to give him that deal, so that was a surprise. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was surprised even at the start of the season that he decided to stick with us, because he's obviously had that couple of years' experience of playing every week, mm-hmm. um, and then to come back, knowing that Lewis was his first choice, and it must have been a massive blow when movement came in January, because um, he played a few games, obviously, Rodgers, not really done anything wrong, but he's still, a, he's still a, I mean, he's He's not old. He's still young, relatively young for a goalkeeper, so he obviously wants to make it to Aberdeen. Yeah. And, and all, it, all it, I suppose all it takes is maybe, you don't want it to happen, but an injury or a suspension to Lewis and Rogers ends up playing, maybe taking his chance. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good luck to him. Um, it, it helps out as well in terms of the recruitment. We don't have to look for another backup keeper. Um so see what happens obviously the talk is as well that uh, talks are still continuing with McCorra uh, McCorra was terrific yesterday yeah. the block um, was it McGregor I think. I think it was McGregor I would go as far as to say that's the best tackle all season um, because you know it's right in front of the goal McGregor's got a tap in O'Connor has to get that right if he doesn't it's a penalty and a red card and he got it absolutely spot on he's been much maligned um, I've been a critic myself I'm not, um, I'll admit that but last few games he's been excellent. He's been better when he's been alongside McKenna um, at centre-back rather than being shifting at midfield. Um, but he was outstanding yesterday. Um, I know Reynolds came in for the suspended McKenna, but O'Connor was superb again and held it together and yeah, helps get us our first win since 2004 at Parkhead. Well, in the league, that is. Yep. Uh, first clean sheet since 1994. Michael Bott, uh, yeah, we've seen all the stats, haven't they? They've all been coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting enough, though, did you see our start about we've actually got the best record at Celtic since the turn of the century? Really? Yeah. In all competitions, yep. Uh, first, first home defeat for Rodgers in the league. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so, I've, so, I've got people say that Celtic maybe weren't up to up to scratch just there, but they to suggest that they weren't wanting to win the game is crazy because they had chances to win it. Yeah. Oh, I definitely. I don't think. Um, I don't think they played with the same intensity. Um, like they would have pulled out of challenges that they normally go for in a normal league game because obviously they've got a cup final to think of, and it didn't matter in terms of points. Them, but they still tried to get something. Um, especially after going behind, you know, you don't want to on f- trophy day. You don't want to go out with the, the season with defeat. Um, and they had lots of chances, and Joe Lewis made a few good saves. Um, especially that one for Griffiths. I mean, touching on the post his foot, that was. Great instinct of goalkeeping. Um, at the back four, did very well to keep Celtic at arm's length as well, and um, it was a terrific team performance. Um, it was. I mean, you, you go against Celtic, you can't go too gun to hold, but I think we kept them honest first 15 20 minutes. I thought we were we were really positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously had the Greg Stewart free kick off the bar. There was a they had another chance just before half time as well. Celtic probably controlled most of the game, but then, yeah, we kept them honest. We, we pressed them at the right times. We didn't do it all the time, but we did it certain times. And we probably more so, the big thing was we kept Rodrich, McGregor and Forrest quiet. It was more maybe pressing in the middle of the park as opposed to like higher up. Um, and it worked. It worked really well. Yeah, because, um, I mean, Dembele wasn't real effective either and he had to get taken off. Um, yeah, I mean, the tactics were spot on. We were criticised Aberdeen for not being positive in these games against Celtic. And, um, but you're right, I mean, when you go to Parkhead, Celtic are going to have the lion's share of possession. It's how you contain that and press it at the right times and, you know, pick the moments to push forward. And we, we did that when we needed to. As I said before, it was a good little pass and a good finish. And that was a strong Celtic team. I mean, Apart from Scott Bain being goals instead of Craig Gordon, the outfield players is Celtic's best team of the season. That's the, that's the same outfield yeah. players that beat Rangers 5 0. So you, know, you can't say Celtic put a weakened team or anything like that. Um, it was one player. Uh, it just I mean, it shows you as well. I mean, we, we, we probably need to. Maybe at times been a bit critical of McInnes um, in the bigger games and stuff like that. But. Yeah, that's actual this season we finished closest to Celtic than we had before in the Nine points. Um, the most disappointing aspect of this season will remain. I know the cup you can we've spoke about the cups will be the games against Rangers. Oh yeah, without a doubt. But then maybe one of them would have maybe kept a bit more interesting. Don't get me wrong, Celtic would still have won the league because I think they would have upped their game and they would have played at a higher level again. They, they had that in them. Um, however it's been a good season for Aberdeen when you consider the players that we lost in the summer um, and to finish only points behind Celtic I think credit to them we yeah. faced a stronger Rangers because Rangers strengthened a lot in January um, the team have shown resilience because when Rangers went ahead of us a lot of people thought we would crumble we had Hibs competing in there a better Kermarnock who we have the only team that's managed to prevent Kilmarnock beating us um, so oh, I, I think a lot of credit uh, is due there right, well, you you're going to have to rebound a wee bit again, but uh, hats off to my kids. Yeah, well, and he showed again yesterday how much he loves the club Yeah, he was delighted with that one 
Oh, of course it was. I mean, you heard it in his, his post-match interview, which was pretty much spot on. Because um, when Hearts came back in the league, people said that we weren't going to fish it. Hearts were going to take that. And we saw them off comfortably. Rangers came back up. Um, we saw them off comfortably with a nine-point advantage over them. And this season, Hibs came up. They've been the media darlings. And we finished six points clear of them. Um, and finished three points clear of Rangers. Despite the fact that Rangers, say, took 10 out of 12 against us, they've yeah. still finished behind us so it shows the consistency we've had against uh, all the other teams has been terrific um, it could be better against Celtic Rangers obviously it goes without saying but we're only three points worse off than we were last season we've lost one less league game than we did last year although we did um, win a couple less um, so oh no when you consider that plus the the circus that was the Rangers approach for McInnes yeah. to come through all that yeah. and finish yeah. second is Pretty good going. Yeah, definitely unsettled the team at that point. Uh, the uncertainty about what was happening. Aye. There was there's been times this season as well with maybe not as good defensively, but then saying that, as we said earlier, the last five games after the split we've been terrific. Um, defensively, we've actually conceded less than a goal a game. We had 37 out of 38, but that's a pretty good record. Um, probably the thing that we need to address slightly is maybe at times being a bit more positive and maybe kind of killing off teams a wee bit better. We've struggled a wee bit in front of goal this season. Um, so that's something I think we can improve on next season. And McKinnis will look to do that, I think. Yeah, definitely. We, we, we might actually, and I've seen people saying it on, on a few people on Twitter, saying we are far better when we play as a team and possibly the last few games, Christie hasn't played. Christie very much as an individual player. He's got that in him where he's got that individual brilliance and he can create something out of nothing and stuff like that. But maybe having that wee bit more solid, um, solid midfield has helped towards the end of the season. Yeah, definitely, because we've had players in that have got that well to win. And I think Chris, over the last couple of months, has been a bit of a passenger, to be honest, although he's still in the, the Scotland squad. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good um, victory for us yesterday. Um, and hopefully we can take that sort of confidence in the next season because we know we can go to Parkhead um, and win. Um, yeah. I think with regards to Celtic, I mean, their home form's not been anywhere near as good. They've drawn seven and lost one. That's nearly half their, their home fixtures. They won't do that again next season, I don't think. Um, oh, no. They'll be stronger that season. I, I don't doubt that. Yeah. Because we expect we just don't spend it decent amount in the summer, maybe not a massive amount, but they'll certainly spend enough whereby to get a wee bit closer. They'll take that. They've obviously only got these 12 points behind Celtic as well, so yeah. but I, I expect Celtic will take it to a different level that season. I'd have thought so. I know Rangers have signed Scott Arfield, which is a good signing, um, but they need a lot more. Um, you know, special centre centre backs. Um, you know, with Bates going and the others not being up to it, I um, they've got a big rebuilding job but um, it'll be interesting to see what Gerard does in terms of his contacts and who he's able to attract to come up here and what money he's given but he's also got to get rid of players that are no good enough like Penn has come back um, having done nothing at his club at the club he went and loaned to um, Herrera is in big money um, Alves is in big money still getting our deal um, Cardoso he's a terrible defender Um They've got yeah. a lot of players that they need to weed out, and 
I don't see there being a massive queue um, outside Ibrox to take take these players off Rangers' hands. So, um, and as for lone players, I know Cummins says he wants to stay. He's been a massive uh, disappointment. I thought he'd be a lot better. I thought he'd have been the difference between them finishing second and third, but he's not. He's only scored a handful of goals. Most of his goals came in the Scottish Cup against Aaron Falkirk. Um, he's been a big flop. Um, Murphy's, pro- Murphy's probably the one that they're likely to keep. Uh, Murphy will be the one that they're likely to keep out the ones that they brought in loan. Because um, I don't see Brighton keeping them. Um, and he's made it clear he wants to come back up. So um, that would be a good sign if they got to keep hold of him. I mean, there are, there are players there that have, I think will remain. I mean, I think Morelos will probably remain. Yeah. The midfield looks like potentially could be all right next season. With our field, you'd expect McCrory, possibly Rossiter, obviously featured. Um, yesterday after not playing since August, so, I mean, so that's not a bad a great midfield. Though I still think they they would really need to improve there. Um, so I will see what happens. It's going to be interesting that season anyway. Yeah. Again, I mean, I think this season's been terrific anyway in terms of the league and t- um, being competitive. There's been stuff to play for until the last day of the season, um, even up to. Well, a couple of games ago, Celtic hadn't clinched the league yet. Mm-hmm. Much as it was probably always a case of um, just when it was going to happen, not if. Yeah. Whereas, um, if you look down south, um, the only thing that was on offer in the last two seasons who's getting the last Champions League place, and um, Liverpool at home to Brighton, and that was a um, foregone conclusion. Um, whereas the games up here were still had something to play for. I mean, at win the Aberdeen and five three Rangers, it just took one Celtic goal. And Rangers are back into second place. Um, the, we talked about the drama at the bottom of the weekend. Um, whilst we don't have the the same quality, we've certainly got the drama. And we've said it many times in the last couple of years that I've been on this podcast. Um, people, need, the media need to talk, talk the game up. We've got a good product here um, that can be improved on. Um, and we need to stop downplaying it and listen to people down south. Talk up our game. We've got a good product here. Let's try and sell it better. Yeah, a lot of the problem as well is that our media is predominantly uh, the West Coast media controller. Yeah. That, that doesn't help because all they focus on really is Rangers and Celtic. I mean, if you think that's like four seasons in a row that would either finish second, half, half from the, the media in the West, half would really see. Does it receive the credit we deserve? Not at all. I don't think so. There's always been, oh, it's because Rangers aren't in the league, it's because teams are weaker, blah, blah, blah. Well, we can only beat what's in front of you. Well, we're only, in terms of attendance-wise and revenue, I mean, attendance-wise, certainly fifth best in the league. Hearts and Hips, Aberdeen, have all got fairly similar budgets. So... We were better off in the season, or not going to finish second, no chance for the second. Finish second. And people are critical as well to say, oh, that maybe shows a lack of ambition that all you're playing, all you're looking to do is finish second. But, it's, and fans will say, oh, aye, but money's not everything. It, it, it isn't everything, but it takes something very special um, for Aberdeen to win the league these days. And that's not being defeatist. That's been realistic. It could have happened in dial, uh, when Ronnie Dial was manager at Celtic. 
I still think if we'd strengthened a wee bit in January, maybe added a couple of players, we could have done it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the budget's it's like asking. I would say it's not far off asking Celtic to win Champions League these days. Yeah, that's that hits the nail on the head. I mean, um, where Celtic are um, in the Champions League is where everyone else is against Celtic just now. There's just that um, that golf in class. Yeah, le- um, people say Leicester won the league in 2016 um, when they were 5,000 um, to one to do so. But without knocking Leicester's achievement, they still had a lot of money to spend as well. Um, and the gap between them and the likes of Man City and Chelsea, etc., was not as big as it is between Aberdeen and Celtic. Um, yeah. And that's just been realistic. But, um, yeah, I mean, you never know. You can't give up your dreams and who knows what will um, happen in the next few years. Um Maybe we'll unearth a few gems out the the new training complex we'll have in the new stadium in yeah. two years' time, so we'll wait and see. Um, but yeah, it'll be an interesting season next year. The media interest with Gerard being the Rangers manager that'll certainly attract a lot of outside interest. Um, it should force BT and Sky to up the stakes to um, to get the next TV contract. Um, and I hope BT get that because they blow Sky out of the water. Sky yet again. It was, um, they got the wrong score. They said Sam Scott Cosgrove scored the only goal yesterday um, in that game. They had a picture of um, the Barcelona badge next to Livingston in the Livingston Dundee United yeah. game. Uh, it, they just don't give a rat's arse about Scottish football. Um, the only uh, person that I like out them, to be honest, is Ian Crocker. He's a cracking commentator, but he's surrounded by um, Andy Walker. Uh, say no more. I mean, well, yesterday as well, I, I, I watched the game, I, uh, I don't have a Sky, but uh, I bought one of the now TV passes, because I figured if I was going to pub and watch it, I would spend as much, so it was like £8 or something like that, I did the same for the Rangers game actually, and I it was what, Chris Commons and McFadden, McFadden's actually alright, don't mind him so much, but in Hilsa, you quite often you'll see games maybe down south, they'll have maybe a, someone from both teams or something like that. Oh, interested at all. If it's not a Celtic and Rangers, nah. Yeah. And it, it goes, it goes from Doncaster and all that. Doncaster just was desperate for Rangers to be back in the top league. Um, but sickening actually, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. But Doncaster is yeah. one of the guys that can't sell a product properly. Yeah, he has fans of most clubs, and there's good football getting played. Okay, maybe at times, I the quality's not there. We're not getting. We've got the top class players, but good, honest professionals, and there is there is ability and quality there as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you get the drama in that um, championship playoff game where Dumbarton are holding out for survival, and then the next thing, Allah grab a second chance of glory and then take it in the extra time to get promoted. I mean, that's that's terrific for the league seeing that kind of drama. Um, but we'll wait and see. Um, I see the Scotland squad getting out for the two games against Peru and Mexico. Um, a few new caps. Aye, well, it was always going to be makeshift, wasn't it? The squad. There was always going to be players that were not going to be available. Not really surprising in terms of the players that haven't featured. I think we mentioned before in the podcast that it was likely that there'll be a few second players not played, but the ones that will be included are ones that have not played so much this season, and, and that's the case. Yeah, I think five of them, um, Gordon Tierney, Forrest, McGregor and Griffiths, um, which was kind of um, expected. But Lewis Morgan, 
getting a call up, which I thought was a bit of a surprise. I mean, I know he's had a great season at Sabun, but um, it's Scottish Championship level. I mean, um, been interesting to see how he gets on um, if he gets a game. Um, Johnny Russell came back in. He's done. Um, he's done well out in America. Having yeah. went, went there, so that was quite a surprise. But good on him because um, we need yeah. we need goal scorers up there. Um, strikers are still the issue because um, the only other out and out striker in the squad is McBurney, um, and you've also got Matt Phillips, who did well in the last game against Hungary. It must be said. Um, yeah, does. But in terms of when you look at that squad. The only real striker in it is McBurney. Yeah. Johnny Russell now is like a wide player, Phillips a wide player, Morgan a wide player. So you think then maybe McLean's just thinking, right, Phillips is a striker. And he did do it well, so maybe let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, Shitty has been included. Um, I seen an article with him last week. He's actually going to miss his own stag do. And he was, he had this, he's got his stag too, so he's going to miss that. But he said he'd, he'd be more than delighted to miss his stag to, to feature for Scotland. And there's definitely space in there for someone like Shinny, because obviously Brown's not going to play for us anymore. So there's every chance for Shinny to, to impress. I know people will talk about his discipline, plenty of record. Um, yeah, he's had a lot of bookings, though. I would argue Scott Brown gets away with a lot of things that maybe he could be booked for. So we never actually touched on that yesterday in terms of the Shiri and Brown obviously had a bit of kind of set too. Brown wasn't too happy with Shiri's challenge challenges. See Brown that type of thing most weeks. Yeah, I think Shiri alluded to that a wee bit. Um, see what goes around comes around, but um, you could even just invite some of his friends to come over to Lima. Um, and have a stag do there. <laughs> um, wonder what how much that would set him back. <laughs> aye, aye. He, he did actually say that I he might need to invite a few in him over to sort of make that. But yeah, good for Shirley to be included. Hopefully he features at least one of the two games. I would think he will. Yeah. I, I would think McLeish will want to use this to look at as many players as possible. So I, I would expect, as long as all these players are fit, obviously, they, they will feature at least one of the two games. Yeah, you would you would think so. Um, I hope the one of the other two goalkeepers gets a shot, Arch and McLaughlin, because none of them get a sniff in the last two. Um, but Suter getting called up, um, that's been a long time coming too. Um, he's definitely under, he's had a terrific season. Um, so, delighted for him. Stevenson... Incredible, he's got in the squad, um, but he said a, he's been a solid player. I know he's not played well the last couple of seasons, but he's always been missing consistency. Hibs, um, but the worry there is there's not a lot of right backs. I mean, Callum Patterson's listed as a defender, but he's been playing midfield for Cardiff. But um, he's had a terrific season, helping Cardiff get promoted to the Premier League. Um, yeah, so, I mean, everyone in that squad looking at it um, has been playing the regular first team football this season, so um, whereas be- before this game would have been used as an opportunity for giving guys who weren't getting games at the club game time, which is the wrong way to go. So, no, I'm happy with what McLeish is doing with this squad. And yeah, There's always going to be criticisms that this player shouldn't have been, that player should have been, but I think he's using this game for the right reason, trying new things, and good on him. Yeah, the only thing that surprised me a wee bit 
<coughs> part of me, based on uh, the last couple of games, is there's only four centre backs in the squad because obviously he played three at the back. So whether maybe he's going to use this time to tr- play four at the back, see what maybe what works out better, mm-hmm. or maybe equally play. Th- I don't know because there's not as if there's any folk being mentioned on standby for this quarter. I actually thought maybe it would be a slightly bigger squad possibly. Yeah. Well, Patterson can play centre back as well. Remember. Um, so that might be part of the thinking um, but then further forward who's going to play the right wing back um, Fraser whilst he's good going forward as a wing back I don't think he'll look comfortable in that game against Hungary um, he played, he did okay but um, I couldn't see him playing as a wing back although Shinnick can play the right back position as well remember um, he's not as good there with um, oh, that's just the problem with Kieran Tierney though is that he'd be using his left foot on the right hand side um, yeah, but yeah, good luck to the Scots anyway in these two games. I definitely. Um, I think if there was anything else that could have stood out this week or that I seen, before I mentioned the Aberdeen players leaving, Hibs. We, oh, we mentioned Rangers obviously saying Arfield or oh, Hamilton, Alec Crawford. Um, he's obviously leaving. Says he wants to move down south. I think Hibs are interested in him though. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I would have been happily taken at Aberdeen. If he could recapture this form, maybe, but I don't know. Yeah. Nah, I think um, he's only played six games since September. Um, it's not one that I would want us to take a gamble on, to be perfectly honest. Um, but we'll wait and see what happens. But um, if you can get back to some form of fitness, you'll be an asset to someone. But yeah. I wouldn't take him personally as. Um, should we move on to the cup final? Oh, I suppose we. I suppose we should. I. So, do we think Motherwell can do it? Um, I think they're one of the few teams that could beat Celtic on their day. Um, you know, in the league games between the two of them, they took it for part. They were very close. Um, they were within a couple of minutes of doing so at Fir Park um, before a disputed penalty made it one all in that game, and then. They were on top in the 0-0 draw until um, Kipri got a harsh red card and then had to defend very well the rest of the game. And They they were still in the game for a, a long period in the League Cup final despite being one down before Kipri got sent off in that one. And then that obviously killed that game off. So they are capable of giving Celtic a fright. Can they win the Scottish Cup? I think Celtic will just have too much for them, to be honest. I think the fact that they're going for this double treble... Um, and creating history, that's everything in their mind they've gone, they went through the motions against ourselves um, but they'll be right up for Saturday I would imagine um, but you never know it would be nice to see um, Motherwell upset the odds, although I'm saying that, I want Motherwell to win for like, my best mates, in fact I like them um, but if Motherwell win, it means they take a our position the second qualifying round we need to go in the first one so my selfish reasons think I would like to see Celtic win the double treble just for our, for our sake yeah so, I, I think the one thing about Motherwell you know fine well Motherwell will get in their faces Celtic they will compete for every ball they'll be physical up top you would expect Paul will start up top um, they're certainly capable of causing them problems you never know in a final um, obviously there is the, the whole double treble thing and but and it's not as if Celtic have shown that the big occasions get to them. But I don't know. 
maybe, just maybe, Motherwell can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a tough ask. Very tough ask, but one off game, and Motherwell being terrific in the Cups this season, um, as we found out to our cost. So, I, I don't know. Obviously, I, I would like Aberdeen as well to kind of be in Europe, but I'll give a rest, so... There's that, but I don't, you don't really care who wins when your team's not in the final, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I hope it's a good game. Um, but yeah, it'd be, if Motherwell could replicate what they did in 91, they've not won the Cup since then. That was also one of the, in fact for me, it was the best Scottish Cup final I've ever seen. Um, that fourth day against Dundee United. Um, so if they could replicate that, um, I think they've tried... They're booked at the same hotel that they were for that 91 Cup final, so they're hoping that's an omen. Um, but yeah, I just think Celtic will be too strong in the day. Yeah, uh, I mean, in terms of them at Bookie, they have priced up. Celtic are 1 to 4, draw is 19 to 4, and Motherwell are 21 to 2. One thing that would be quite interested to know is what Motherwell are to win in penalties. Um, in terms of going all the way, um, trying to see. Uh, I find that I'm sure it'll be somewhere. So basically, uh, what we're saying is we're not taking Celtic in the charity bit. Well, well, I think all we're going to maybe have is a first goal scorer, possibly, and whether we take it in the cup final or whether we take it in the second leg of the playoff final. Yeah, probably better looking at the cup final because you don't know who's going to be in or out for, for Sunday based on Thursday. Because um, we could pick Chris Dillon right now and then Dillon picks up an injury or picks up a red card and he's out of the game on Sunday. The one that, that I would pick would be Tom Rodgers at 5-1. to Let's go for that. Alright, OK. He's a big game player. Is that? Um, so we shall pick Tom Rodgers at 5-1. What are we sitting at just now? We are sitting at, I want to say, £672 in pennies. Okay. Um, I have got a record of it. It is £671.32. So if Tom Rogic scored the first goal, then we'd definitely go for the £700 mark. Yes. Right. Well, let's go for it. He scored, the, he scored the opening goal in the League Cup final against ourselves. We won't mention last season's cup final but he's a big game player um, I think that's a good shout yeah uh, going back to the Premiership playoff we had a poll on the podcast Twitter account and Party Thistle received 70% of the votes yeah I would expect Thistle to come through as I mentioned earlier um, but yeah you never know um, Livingston will, will be frightened of, of facing him I think there's more at stake for Partick Thistle than is for Livingston. Um, I just hope that there's two good games and um, we can see what happens. I definitely. Uh, the other thing uh, I did spot earlier on, Christopher Ayer has signed a new 4-year deal with Celtic. Looks like a really good player. Very comfortable in the ball. I think of Celtic a wee bit something different coming out of defence as well. Oh yeah. And Davidson signed a 2-year deal with St. Jordan. Yeah, I think Davidson's a... Um, I think he'll be at St. John's Five. He's a very good player. If it, if it wasn't for injuries, he wouldn't have been at St. Johnson. Um, let's be honest with you. He nearly went one year, but he ran out of more injury trouble and 
Jackson Johnson decided to offer him a contract he stayed and yeah, yeah good on him he must be just testimonial as well he was at Livingston before that I think wasn't he yeah he was at Livingston then St Johnson um, so they signed a couple from Livingston at that point if I remember it because they signed Dave McKay they signed Stephen Anderson um, who've yeah. all went on to be main straight to the team so so I good luck to the fans of Livingston Thistle Celtic Motherwell we will be back next week obviously I, I know you've got chat of a another potential podcast which I'll be up for but I'll leave it to you to say what what are you thinking yeah um, I'm thinking of a World Cup um, special um, in the week leading up to the World Cup kicking off on the 14th of June um, you'll be asking why are we going to talk about the World Cup when Scotland aren't involved um, well, it's a bit of nostalgia because we'll have a look back at our memories of the World Cup not just from a Scotland perspective but some of our best favourite players favourite moments and even random things like what was the best theme tunes from ITV and BBC from past World Cups so I think that'll be a good chat that night mascots as well Yes. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. The list gets merchandise as well, but we'll we'll not talk about what merchandise etc. We'll save that for the chat. Um, week commencing the 11th of June, which will be 20 years since Scotland last kicked a ball in the World Cup. Aye. Uh, yeah, we'll not go too much away because we'll talk about it then. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one thing I will say, I'm going to miss the World Cup final because I'll be on a bloody plane. Right. <laughs> I don't have a World Cup final, but I'll talk about that when we do the World Cup one. What date is the World uh, Cup final? 15th of July. Okay, that's the day before my holiday. Um, so I'll need to make sure that the packing's done before, or it'll just get done after 10 o'clock. Because um, I, the time, uh, I, try, I was trying to work out the time difference and like that, and I checked it and I was like, nah. I'll miss. Don't be, don't be wrong, I'm pretty sure I'll get to see, you know, maybe some kind of replay of it. Um, I used to, but I might be too busy on a beach sipping cocktails and etc. Et Where are you going on your holiday? Uh, Jamaica. Jamaica. I'm going to yeah. Point in Southport. See, I've played previous tournaments I've been away. Um, quite often it's been when I've been on holiday, I've got to watch a few games abroad, which have been quite good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, I do remember, I think the Euros. In 2004, I want to say. Let me think. Is that the one Greece won it? Yes. I was in Portugal when I started there. And we watched a few games there. Um, that was quite good fun. Yeah. Because Portugal hosted that tournament. Yeah. And then lost the uh, final. Aye. Because they played Greece before, hadn't they? They played Greece in the opening game, lost them 2-1, uh-huh. and then played Greece in the final. Which, uh, which was interesting. Yeah. Oh, aye. But no, I'm definitely up for a World Cup podcast. Yeah. Be good. I'll, be good. Get the World Cup. I'll get the World Cup beers out in different countries. <laughs> I'll take a thing. Yeah. Look at a wee so, Panama beer. A wee Panama beer? I'll probably do a well to find one. Aye. Yeah, I did do a... When we used to have the... When the the forum was still going. Um, I did what at one point a World Cup of beer for the last World Cup. <laughs> so I did that. We did manage to get all the teams that were in it um, because we struggled to find beers from some of the countries. But yeah, I do like a, 
a beer from all parts of the world. Maybe Shinny could bring back a, a beer from Peru from his rearranged stag weekend. Well, saying that, I have had a Peruvian beer. Um, let me think. I think it's called Inca. All right. Tesco used to do it. Oh, I like I'm. Uh, I'll open my beers. Let me see. Cusquera. Uh, that's what it is. Um, and yeah, it was quite nice. Nice. Beers from that part of the world, I do think they're nice. They're quite light because, because it, obviously it's so hot. So all you want is just a week and a light beer, and it, it's good. Um, Jamaica, obviously, going to holiday bed stripe. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Why? I'm all over the beers. Yeah. Red stripe, I bet it'll taste a lot better out in Jamaica than it does when it's imported to Britain. Oh, ah, a beer in the sunshine when you're not at your work always is good. Yeah. Then you buy the beer that you've had abroad and have it here and it's not quite as good. You say that, but I thought, um, I, I love Marcella out in Barcelona. We went there in 2010 and I've had it a couple of times here. And whilst I agree it's not as nice as it was out in Barcelona in the sunshine, it's still good over here, I think. It is. It is, but it's that way. You get a right ice cold beer, or you mm-hmm. maybe 30, 40 degree heat. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, World Cup snacks are going to go as well for the podcast. Some of them. I'm always intrigued about the whole what they serve at half time at football games mm-hmm. around the world as well. Yeah. I still want to do a TV show doing that. <laughs> Well, maybe having the old half-time snacks and then maybe the local beers. Do you know It's a, it's a good one. Yeah, sounds like a good documentary. That. Oh, I definitely. Not a documentary. I'm looking for a series here. Yeah. Aye, that's a six-part series. It's not just a one-off. Middle, middle. Uh, probably more than that. <laughs> but I, we should probably wrap up because we're on another one again. Yeah, we've went into overtime, we can't blame Tony this week. <laughs> we've missed out things as well, because we never even talk about Shea. We never even spoke about Shea Logan. We, could, we may as well finish up with Shea Logan, because I know we probably maybe slightly disagree for it. Aye, I mean, the way I look at it, um, Aberdeen fans criticise Scott Brown for his antics in the football pitch, um, but at the same time praise Logan. Um I get the history with Logan and Celtic, you know, because um, Celtic fans, are, you know, say he's a little grasper. Um, what he, you know, that the, the whole thing with Tony was not proven. How could they view his against the other? The counter argument to that is Logan's faced many opponents um, before and since, but he's only ever reported the one instance. Why would they lie about it? Um, and he's had terrible stick from Celtic fans. A lot of it is borderline racism. Um, so I get that he takes the stick, but I think there's, and he's probably entitled sometimes to give it back. But from what I heard, there wasn't a lot going yesterday. Um, apparently he was involved with something with Lustig, but that wasn't caught on camera. But what I saw on camera, he, he goes to Celtic fans and claps to them, um, does gestures. Then he gets involved with Ayer. Um, Boyata throws a ball at him. Um, I think it was harsh being sent off for it, to be perfectly honest. But then he's after getting the red card, he's doing the whole hands to the ears as he's going off the pitch I just think just 
be the bigger man and walk away. Um, but he, I see the other side as well. He's a controversial. He is a controversial character. He loves. I think he's one of those players that thrives on like fans giving you a bit of stick. He likes giving a wee bit back. Some players don't like don't get involved with that. I think the whole clapping thing. It's not as a, I wouldn't say clapping. You know, I know people are saying I but you go with your fans all that. He, he clapped. It's not as if to begin with. Yeah, that sort of thing. He's clapping. I wouldn't say that's provocative, right? Obviously, then he gets involved with maybe a Lustig and Ayer. Potentially, when you look at that video, I've watched the video a few times, you can even argue that maybe a Lustig sticks ahead in. The Logan as well. Folk doing the ball at him and all that type of thing. Aye, walk off the pitch. The whole hands in the ears. And maybe, aye, you could argue. But I do love his passion. Mm-hmm. The club, he loves him. Um, I folk have said as well. It's been like Scott Brown with Celtic. Celtic would probably say, "Aye, he's controversial. That he's our arsehole Say Logan's maybe our arsehole Yeah, that's true. That's the nicest way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, aye. But it was good. It was the, good yesterday. Yeah, ended for the start of the season, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, my worry is is that you know the SPFL carry up a nice start to the season by having. Um, Aberdeen Rangers in the opening game and he misses out on that because I can see some of that happening for um, good TV exposure have um, Stephen Gerrard coming up with a tough away game to start off with it could easily be Aberdeen Rangers it might even be Hearts Rangers and that whoever knows but whoever we end up playing we're without at the moment are only right back for the first game and that's a bit of a blow but um, but yeah he had a good game yesterday so um, that was the main thing because he's had some criticism this season um, because I think knowing that he's never going to be dropped because of the lack of competition hasn't helped him this season and we need to bring another right back which is why you know, I said that Naismith might be a good signing but um, he had a good game yesterday when it uh, was good on him. Uh, the, 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 we've also mentioned as well that he's nobody has as much protection as what he's had in previous seasons. Yeah. Because at times you've had McGinn helping him out, times you've had Hayes helping him out, whereas Stuart McKay's even not maybe quite as effective at helping going back the way. So, mm-hmm. aye, it's a good, it's a good end to the season, though. Yeah, definitely. As all the players have. Yeah. So, aye, three games of the season. Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk about next week. Yep. So, cheers, John. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye.